wonderful day to worship God as a congregation of like-minded. Wonderful day. Brother Isaac, we'll do things a little bit different today. Brother Isaac, if you'd take up tithes and offerings. Uh, God's been good. God's been good to this church in Chelsea. He's building something mighty here. By his spirit. Not by anything we're doing. By his spirit. You know, some people don't believe in God. Then there's some people that believe in the existence of God, but that he doesn't really care about them and about their lives. Both of those are lies from the enemy of your soul. You know, in Exodus 3, it's Moses asked God, when they ask who sent you, who sent me, what do I tell them? What's your name? And he said, I am that I am. And the simple Greek for that or the Hebrew for that just means to exist. But God's more than just an existence. He's more than that. He's more than that. When the children of Israel were underneath those, that oppressive whip, when they were under the rule of a tyranny that gave them no liberty and no freedom, no hope, they needed to know more than God existed. They needed to know that He cared about them. And He does care about you. So when the Bible says... God spoke, let there be light, and there was light. That's a manifestation of an existence. In the book of Jonah, when the wind blew and God made the wind blow, that's more than just the wind blowing. That's the existence of a God, a manifested existence. And God cares about everybody in this house today. And he not only wants you to know that he exists, he wants you to know that he cares about you. He wants to manifest himself in your life today. Today. He wants to show you who he is. He wants to move upon the waters of your life. Any troubles that you have. That's what he wants to do. He's more than just an existence. He cares about everybody here. And I know that we wanted to kind of go back. Now this is not to just, uh, this is not to embarrass anybody. This is not to make anybody feel uncomfortable. This is not to try to tell you this is how you pray. This isn't what the point is. The point is to make this how simple it is to reach the throne of God. This is, this is to show you how simple it is to start this relationship with a God who cares about you and who wants to be involved in your everyday life. This is how simple this is. We learned this in our, in our child or our children's class. You know, the I am, he wants to involve himself. And he wants to say, I am your healer. He wants to say, I am your savior. He wants to say, I am your deliverer. He wants to say, I am your, I, I am your redeemer. That's who God is. And it's, it's a simple way to get a hold of him. Once again, I'm not trying to tell anybody how to pray. You can pray however you want to, worship God however you want to. But if we could all just stand today and take this example from a simple children's class. And it works so good. All you have to do is just step one is just is just close your eyes. Just close your eyes, block it all out. Think about God. Think about your life. Think about your needs you have today. Think about those things. Think about a mighty God that cares about your soul. Just close your eyes. Now just tilt your head up. Tilt your head up to the ceiling just a little bit. Don't 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 think about everybody else. We're all doing this. We're all doing this. Just raise a hand up. Slip a hand up to the sky. 
and just say these say these things out of your heart out of your soul say i love you god i thank you for existing i thank you for caring about me god oh you're a great and mighty god i love you lord god help me lord jesus restore me lord god today help me to find you today god i love you jesus let's just continue to worship god like this we're going to sing some songs and as these songs are being sang think about the god that cares about your existence he's an existing god and he cares about you today oh thank you jesus
name. You all may be seated. That's a wonderful, wonderful song service. Hallelujah. Brother Green's got a song for us today. God bless Brother Green. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to have Diane back on the organ. She, she's the, she is an organ of the body. She was, she was missing for a couple of weeks, so. Yeah. Good to have her back and hear her singing. God bless Brother Green. Praise the Lord. Uh, some 18 or 20 years ago, I was endure attending a funeral, and uh, back in the back room, I was talking with Brother Deal, and you know how when he's talking to you, he's going to look you straight in the eye, and uh, he looked at me, and he said, every morning when I look in that mirror, I say, oh, fella, you're the biggest battle that I had to fight today. And I thought many times since then how true that is. You know, it doesn't matter what other people think of me or say about me, it's how I handle myself, how I react, how I keep God in the forefront. We used to sing a song, uh, I Surrender All. I woke up at four this morning. That song was on my mind and I kept thinking, you know, that's hard to do sometimes. All is a big word, yeah. mighty big word, but we have to, we have to. Mm-hmm. I wore out saints for years, well, months at least, 12, 1 o'clock in the morning seeking the Holy Ghost. Uh, many precious saints that had to work the next day, but they were there. Yeah. Right. And I finally come to the realization that the blockade was my pride and my will. Yeah. You got to give it all. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and Calvary's the reason why. Yes. Praise God.
Thank you. Praise the Lord. God bless Brother Green. Hallelujah. Good man right there. Love hearing Brother Green sing. Well, you know, we have this method we have in church. You know, we, we start out by praying and we sing some songs. And uh, it's all an attempt to prepare that heart, prepare the soil of your heart. You know, I got, had a big old pile of dirt in my yard and they flattened it all out. And one of these days before the spring's over, maybe I'll get a rotor tiller and prepare that soil. And uh, hopefully we're all prepared to receive the word. And pastor's going to come up here and plant some seeds of hope and plant some seeds of revival and plant some seeds of restitution. And then maybe after he gets done preaching, we can put some water on that. And we'll have hope growing out of the ground. And we'll have relationships with God growing out of the ground. And that's what it's all about. It's what we're doing here today. We come all together to uh, grow and uh, help other people get them seeds planted in the ground. And, and they can grow their own garden. God bless Brother Erickson. Bless you. Appreciate you. Praise the Lord, church. Great to see everyone here today, and um, looking forward to the word of the Lord. I pray that uh, every heart and life would be feel the presence of God working and speaking to them and moving in their life. Isn't that what it's all about? Amen. We don't come just what we give, but we came to receive the Lord today, and I pray that this word is going to do just that. Turning your attention to Acts chapter 8, verse number 1, and reading through verse number 8, Acts 8, 1 through 8. Great to have you here. Appreciate the church. Looking forward to that good food. So you all know how much I love food, so you know I won't be long. <clears throat> or at least I'll tell you that up front. And uh, this is what the word of the Lord says. And Saul was consenting unto his death. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation over him. As for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and hailing men and women, committing them to prison. Therefore, they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. This is not the whole story of the Samaritans in that day, but I will uh, suffice it to read this far with you, and uh, we'll create this scene with us today as we preached. But I want to preach to you this morning about the most important thing. The most important thing. Uh, that is, uh, <clears throat> with all the things that we have in God's Word, there are many very, very important things, but I want to use this one story today to illustrate and uh, bring, I believe, a truth that is very, very, very powerful and will bless your life. Would you pray with me? Lord, we're so thankful for the Word of God. We ask, Lord, that you would anoint your Word right now. 
Let there be a move of the Spirit today in this place. Lord, I pray that you touch hearts and lives. Unlock doors, we pray, Lord, that your will would be done here. The Spirit of the Lord would work and move. Lord, I pray for the miraculous. I pray for the outpouring of your Spirit. I pray, Lord, today for the Word of God to be revealed, for there to be revelation in the house today. Lord, have your way, I pray. For we ask it, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. I don't know about you, but I am realizing today the great contrast between what the world wants in my life and what God wants in my life. <clears throat> it is one of those clear lines, and I'm thankful for that, that we can know truly beyond a shadow of a doubt what God wants in our life. I just want to be that vessel, that one that God can use today that will have that hunger and that honor and that, and that positioning where I want God's will to be done in my life. Amen. What we think today <clears throat> oftentimes is what we're wanting is we're wanting happiness in our life. We're wanting fulfillment in our life. We want, you know, a, a good money. We don't have to be millionaires. We just want enough to be able to enjoy life. We, we um, don't have to have the best house in town. We just want a nice house that we can live in and enjoy. Don't have to have the fastest car. Just want a nice car that we can really call our own. And uh, we want it to be sporty. And, oh, I've got to get off that line of thought. Uh, and, uh, or, Lord, a truck is okay, too. Uh, and uh, we, we just want, you know, good things in our life. And sometimes we measure our life by uh, where we feel like we are obtaining these things or how happy we are in this uh, somehow thermos, thermometer of, of success and happiness and fulfillment. But I want to preach to you today about the, these group of people in Samaria. No church in Samaria as of yet. Uh, here, uh, the thing, this thing started in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. They were all in one accord in one place when suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and filled all the house where they were sitting. We know they all were filled with the Holy Ghost and spake in other tongues. And Peter stood up with the eleven that day and said, this is that. This is what we all heard last week. This is a recap of Brother Stephen's message. This is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. In the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And so God was doing incredible things. And, and uh, man, uh, can you imagine up until now, it was just the Jewish religion. They had a temple there. They had priests that had their uh, garb that they would wear. They had the high priest who once a year would enter into the Holy of Holies. And, and uh, they had daily sacrifices. And they had blood, uh, bulls, and goats going on constantly. They've been doing it for thousands of years now. God's commands, and they were doing those things. And, and, uh, but the prophet told us that there was coming one that would be and do great and exciting things. And so now the day of Pentecost had come, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost, and, and now they were going from house to house and breaking bread and sharing and praying and, and worshiping God together, and it was incredible. But 
what a conflict it was against the Jewish nation of all their traditions and their former beliefs and these new Christians. And so Paul, who was taught at the seat of Gamaliel, which is one of the greatest of great teachers, the best Bible college, you might say, now uh, was there, and, and because of his zeal and his passion to, to be all that he could be for his God, he, he would go, and he was going from house to house and casting people who would have the audacity to say that they were a Christian in the prison. Retribution and punishment and judgment upon them. All the things that happened to their families and all the, the bread earners being cast into prison and, and all the things of mamas being cast into prison and children left on their own and all the uh, chaos that was going on with this happening in Jerusalem. And so it was all part of God using this to, to get the gospel to go beyond Jerusalem. It wasn't meant to be just there. It was meant to go into the uttermost parts of the earth. And so because of this, uh, because of the pressure, because of the danger, because uh, these things going on, they began and the people began to scatter except for the apostles who stayed there. And they, and they were running and they were going to different places. And Stephen, a young man, just another good teenager possibly. Don't know exactly how old he was, but he was a young man. Just someone that had been filled with the Holy Ghost. Someone who had been baptized in Jesus' name. Someone who was obeying what the apostles said. Was excited and, and uh, found himself going now into Samaria. Now Samaritans, whoa. Now that's, another, now that's another topic. Those Samaritans, those are vile people. Good for nothing. They're going to split hell wide open. They are the vilest of vile. They don't know God like we know God, the Jews were saying. That's what they would say. The, the Jews hated the Samaritans so much that they would not even walk into their country. The apostles thought Jesus had gone wacko when he said, I must needs go to Samaria. They said, what? Are you crazy? You want a black mark on your on your crusade? <laughs> you better watch who you're going to. I mean, those are low lifers. That's the bottom of the barrel. The Samaritans, you see, way back in the days of the kings of Israel, when they, because of Israel's disobedience, were taken into captivity and carried off into another nation. And so the king of that nation, of that unknown, not, not knowing God, would, would take and, and they would allow some people, the old, the weak, and a few others, to stay in the cities and the places where they had conquered. And they would let the heathen come in also, people that did not know Israel's God. And they began to mix and they began to have children. They began to marry. And pretty soon, the Samaritans were created. So they were half Jews, half Gentiles. Got it? That's why they hated them so much. These were a bunch of hypocrites. They go to church on Sunday morning, they act like the devil on Monday. Oh man, these people. And, and Philip, 
I mean, he's running for his life. He's afraid he's going to be cast into prison. And he finds himself going south into Samaria. And there, he, he's there. And Philip, man, he's so excited about what God is doing. So excited. He doesn't know. It, crazy things happen when you're excited for Jesus. I had some things happen. I, I got the Holy Ghost about three months when I was 19. I had about three months I'd been filled with the Holy Ghost. And I went from Albuquerque, New Mexico to Providence, Rhode Island to go to college. That's a long ways away. No family. Nobody there. But I'm telling you what, the Lord, the Lord was with me. He helped me. Anyways, that's another story. But <clears throat> so, so Philip begins, finds a place to start preaching, and he starts preaching about Jesus Christ. Oh, you've got to know him. You, you've got to, oh, if you could just know what it's like to have a walk with a real true God. This is the God, Jehovah, that the Jews talked about. But you can really know him because he wants to come and be in your life. He wants to bring you joy, unspeakable and full of glory. You're going to be like drunk men and women. You're not going to know what hits you. You're going to be so happy living for God. And this was going on, and he was preaching, and, and the people gave ear to him. They started listening. And, and while they were listening, all of a sudden they heard people screaming, Wah! Oh, what's this beside them and, and around them? And, and they said, What's going on? They said, I, I, my, my brother's been healed. And, and, and look, he doesn't have palsy anymore. And, and look over here. Look at the miracles that are going on. And it was unbelievable that while they were there listening to the man preach the message, God was doing an incredible work in that city. He was moving. The Bible talked about the lame. All of a sudden, those short legs and those situations and bad knees and, and things started happening and people were healed and they started, whoo, I, I can't understand it. I, I, I'm, what's going on? And they, and they listened to Stephen as he preached. Just a young pup. Not a big time evangelist. Been on the field for 25 years now. I know what it's like to see people come to God. No, no, no. This was a young man who was simply excited about what God was doing in his life. That's what the Holy Ghost does. It's going to change your perspective. And so, and so the Bible says that, that, man, these people, I mean, this is creating incredible things going on in that, in that city. and I mean, people are coming. They're, they're coming into the square wherever he was preaching. And, and, and man, they're watching all this go on. They're, they're seeing people rejoice all around them. They're, they're hearing things happen. They're watching limbs healed. They're, they're watching. And Philip is preaching, you've got to know Jesus. You've got to know that he's a great God. He wants to be in you. He wants to come into your life. He wants to do things. And, and, and and the Bible leaves us in verse number 8 by saying, there was great joy in the city. Now, if the scripture stopped there, I could relate to that. I mean, I want joy in my life. I, I want to be healed. I want good things to happen. But something about it that I'm preaching about the most important thing. That, that they didn't, they didn't say, got it, got the t-shirt, 
I was here. I'll always tell my grandkids about the day that we saw God do all these incredible things in Samaria. Woo, I could say I, I was there, but I got part of it. Woo, he touched me. I felt the tingling all up and down in my bones. And, and they could have, I guess, just stopped there. But these were people that, that were distant from God all the years for centuries. These were people that could never know God like Israel knew God. They didn't know his name. They didn't, they didn't know. They, they tried. They created their religion. They, they had their other place, another mount where they worshiped God to be like the Jews. They were playing a game. They were making it work. But you see, it was that woman of Samaria in John 4 that's just like this. But I mean, she is the Samaritan woman. She's the one that, remember, she was living with a guy that she wasn't married to, and, and she'd been married a, a bunch of times before. She came to the water well, remember, at a time when nobody else would be there because she didn't want to have to face the harassment, the ridicule. Just wanted to go through life alone, happy, leave me alone. I'm invisible. <laughs> Just get my water. <laughs> and, and she had this conversation with Jesus. I, this is a different story, but just bear with me. They're both Samaritans. This is why I'm using this. And, and, and she said, well, you Jews, bless God, talk about your mountain. Talk about your temple, your, your religion. And we Samaritans have our own. And Jesus said, oh, if you could just realize who it is that's before you right now. This is not a matter of religion. This is not a matter of past. It has nothing to do with your rights and wrongs in your life. If you knew who it was that said, give me drink, you would ask of him that he would give you living water that you would never thirst again. You see, her testimony had gone into that country. And when they heard that that, that day, and they received it, and they, and they listened to the preacher preach, and, they, and, and Stephen gave them his best job as a young man, just with the zeal and excitement of, of what God is doing in our lives. And, and I, what's your track record? What have I been living for God about? Well, Three weeks now. <laughs> but I know about my God. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to put it in perspective here. And, and, and this is going on. And, but they didn't leave when they saw the miracles. They didn't leave when they said, okay, honey, I thank God for what God did for you. We can go home now. They were listening to every word of that young man as he ministered, as he preached the message that was preached in Jerusalem would now be carried over to Samaria and there preached. And he talked to them about being baptized in Jesus' name. And the Bible said that every one of them, everybody say every one of them. There was, there was no, the Bible just simply says it was everybody got baptized that day. But as of yet, the Holy Ghost had not fallen on anyone. 
Can you imagine the situation there? They have miracles, lame walking, people speaking, worshiping God, great things happening among my in-laws and outlaws, and, and great things are going on. And, and, and then, who? He started telling us that we could be buried with Christ in baptism, that, that we could put on Christ, that we could have him in our life, that, that we didn't have to go home empty-handed, but we could have the Lord in our life. It was going to be brand new. It was gonna, we were going to become new creatures in Christ Jesus. As Philip began to preach these things, they all, with one accord, all got baptized in Jesus' name. Must have been an incredible baptismal that day. I was in Moldova a couple of years ago, and we were on the river between Ukraine, where all the battle is right now, and Moldova. It's just one river in between. And man, it is a stony river, sharp rocks. And they said, come, Brother Erickson, we, we want you to baptize these people. And I, I think it ended up being like 46 people. And it blew my mind. I've never done that before. And, and we were out there trying to tiptoe on, get around all the sharp rocks, get out deep enough where the water was deep, and, and the people would come out, and, and uh, they don't know English, and I don't know all their languages. <laughs> but they knew when I said Jesus' name. There's something familiar about that. Hallelujah, and Jesus' name. They got that part. <laughs> and oh, the excitement of when people obey the message. I want to say this. This is kind of an ad lib here. I've had people come back after years. They might have known the Lord and whatever situations took them away. It may have been their youth. It may have been a marriage. It may have been situations. Who knows? And, and they, they realize that they want to live for God. And so they say, well, I've, I've, have, I've got all this junk in my life when I was baptized as a little boy or a little girl. And I, I, I don't know what to deal with that. And, I, and I, I would often tell them, you know, baptism is one time, but the Bible connects baptism with when you're ready to have a clear conscience with God. And so I watched some of these people get rebaptized. Not, the reason why, not because you have to be baptized twice. You only have to do it once. But sometimes if a person is ready to make a commitment where they're going to live for God, to be and start afresh and new, sometimes is a healthy thing. And sometimes people don't know how they were baptized. And, and, and I mean, the Bible is pretty clear. You, you've got to call that name of Jesus Christ in your life. So anyways, that's Cedric. So now, so there's got to be a contrast to this story. I mean, there's got to be uh, right and wrong. There's got to be truth versus evil, right? And so there was a, the next verse is if we go on and read it. I won't read it now. I'll let you read it later. But there's this sorcerer in the city, a, a witch. And the Bible said that he has been deceiving the people for years now, that they think that he's some great one, think he's got the power, think he's some incredible something. And they honored him to some extent. Some extent, that's what the Word of God says. And but when he saw, as as Peter and John came and they and they began to pray for people, 
laid hands on them, and, they, and, and God started pouring out his spirit upon everyone. When, when even Simon, the sorcerer, was baptized, the Bible said. But when they, when they started watching the apostles pray for people, and they started receiving the Holy Ghost, he took out his wallet and he said, how much do I need to pay you so that I can have this gift? His, his motives were wrong. He wasn't wanting to be a part of God's kingdom. He's wanting the lure, to, to, to the payoff of it. He wanted to, to use it. It could be a better income for him. It could give him greater status. It could give him more power. It could give him more influence. And of course, the apostles saw that and told him that, you know, you're going you're gonna to die in your sins with that, with that wrong spirit. So my question today is, where should we stop in God? What is the most important thing in your life? Wait, are you happy just to have a miracle? I was there. I saw some eyes healed. One of the craziest things happened, I was in a city in Latvia here a couple of years ago, and and. I, I was in a town where we've got some Bible students, kids, start staying for like six months. And I've got like five of them there, and they're, they're going to start a church. That's, that's what we're doing with our AIM missions program. And so we're going to start a church in this city. And so they had been there for a while, and, and I would go there and encourage them and preach a little on Sunday morning with them and help them in any way I could. And, uh, but, but in the evening, there's a gypsy church in the town that you know, are claiming apostolic. And I say claiming only that I, not, I don't know all that they believe. But, but I would, and so I wanted to go there and be with them. So I, I went there. Well, he had, uh, he usually would let me testify and say hello. And they usually have an interpreter that would sit beside me and try to tell me something of what they're saying because I don't know. <laughs> you are in a foreign land. And, and this girl was pregnant and ready to have her baby. And so she wasn't there. So I had no interpreter that night. I just sat there on the front row, knees together, hands on my lap, just thanking God for all that was going on. Didn't know it because I didn't know their language. Russian, Latvian are the two languages they use in their services. And so I'm just there. And they have an evangelist who's from England, and he's preaching. And so I'm, you know, Amen, and when I thought I could, <laughs> you know, want to be part, want to be involved. And, and after it was over, I, I'm just, thank you for the word, you know, good to see you, Pastor, and, uh, and just a good time with him. And he said, uh, and he got someone to come up and said, we need you to pray. And five people that night came up for prayer. I, I don't know why, they let me pray for them. The evangelist and the pastor didn't. And we prayed for him. And I mean, God moved. I don't want to explain it. I have proof of this. One man had polio. And, and we prayed for him. And the pastor, about three months later, told me he had never had another episode. That God touched and healed him. We had another woman that wanted to have a baby. I, I've been told. I don't know. I was not there. And... and 
and one lady had a back issue, and, and she was on the floor bumping along. I mean, you know, what do you do? You just say, thank God, God's touching them. I don't know what, I don't know what, I don't know what to do. I can't even talk, I can't even talk to them. And, and God did some things that night, and, and what I'm trying to tell you is that God wants you a part of something that's so much greater than just seeing a miracle. So much greater than just being part of a miracle. So much more than just saying what you've seen in your lifetime or who you know and, and what great ministry there are. Because there's a lot of great men and women around. But understand me today. There's something about those Samaritans. They said, when we see a good thing, we're going to latch hold of it. And God filled them with the Holy Ghost. And they stuck it out because they wanted to be a part of the church that would bind them together and make them one and work and see God do great things. They wanted more than a religion on the mountain. They wanted more than to say that they know God. They wanted a God that would move in their life. That's what I'm preaching today. What's the greatest, the most important thing in your walk with God today? I thank God for every time we see miracles, every time God does great things, and he's doing them all around us. But I'm very interested tonight in somebody wanting to say, oh, God, I want to be a part of this thing. I want to I wanna be part. I want you and me, and I want to be in you, and I want to experience in God that will last forever. I want something tonight that's real in my life. Here's what Ephesians says. I, I, Jeffrey, could you pull this up? You don't have it on, on your list. Let's start with Ephesians 3.14, and I'm going to go through um, uh, probably 19, Jeffrey. Let me just have you look at this. I'm talking about what kept the Samaritans there, to not be satisfied with a little bit of God, but they wanted all of God in their life. I could give you a lot of other stories, and I'm trying to keep it to one because I want to preach to you some more messages out of the book of Acts. But understand today, I'm telling you, God wants great things, and he wants you to want what he has for you. You got it? Uh, Ephesians 3, beginning with verse number um, uh, 14. Ephesians 3, 14. Sorry, I didn't have this to him, so he doesn't have it ready. Okay, Paul, the Apostle Paul, the one who was breathing out threatenings and casting people in prison, has an experience in God and begins to realize that this thing is awesome. He said this, For this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family, talking about the church here now, the whole family in heaven and earth is named that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his spirit in the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, and that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, watch verse number 18, that you may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth 
and the length and the depth and the height of what the church is today in your life. God wants you to understand today and to know, verse 19, to know the love of Christ which passeth knowledge that ye might be filled with the fullness of God. Paul saw something. He, he was preaching something more than just getting the Holy Ghost. I want you to get the Holy Ghost. I want you to be baptized in Jesus' name because it is the start of, of entrance into the kingdom of heaven. It is, it is the beginning point. It's awesome. But understand today that I want you to say, I am not satisfied until I have all that God wants me to have. I, I'm not going to stop in the middle of this thing. I'm, I'm not going to go just so far and say I, I received enough. I felt good. Got the goosebumps. Feel good about my, my belief in God. No, 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 no. I want you to go all the way. I want you to delve into the depths and the riches. I want you to be under the spout where the glory comes out. I want you to feel God, not just today, but tonight when you get home and, and tomorrow and the next day, when you go to, you know, go to the Lord in prayer, I want you to feel God. I want you to know he's guiding you and helping you. I want you to feel the power of God. I want you to know that you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. I want you to know today that there's no limitations in your life. I don't care how uh, young you are right now, girls. I am thrilled that you would ever listen to a message and believe the gospel because God can do incredible things through young people right now. I, res I refuse to say after I find someone and I get married and we have kids and, and finally we'll, we'll be a blessing to the Chelsea Church. No, 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 no. See, all I'm preaching about today is this hunger I believe God wants you to have to say, I'm not satisfied until I have all that God wants me to have. Would you stand with me today? Very simple message, I know. I want you to see how important this was to the Samaritans who could never enter into the house of God in the Jewish religion. They were heathen, they were unclean. They could never know what it was like to have God's Shekinah glory come down in their midst and show them great things. They could never be where the, the ministry was that would read the word of God to the people. They were not exposed to those things. And when someone said, you can be part, not only have the experience, but you can have and become the church that he wants you to be. It was something that they stuck there for. They waited they knew, they knew that the Lord had it for them. They weren't judging themselves. They weren't waiting for God to bring uh, strike them with lightning or, or some judgments of God. They realized that the word encompassed them because the word of God loved them and wanted them to have victory in their life. I'm, I'm here to tell you today that this walk with God gets better and better. I, I, I used to hear that all the time as a young man, but I, I've been around long enough to know that they really are right. The Lord's blessed us, our family. We've, we, we've been taken care of. The Lord allowed us to be a part of ministry, and I appreciate that so much. I'm not telling you I'm a good preacher because I'm not, but, I, but I'll tell you this. I'll tell you, as a 19-year-old young man in Providence, Rhode Island, 
God, open doors. God, let me take some young people to church with me. God, let me... Uh, I, I got there and I, I didn't even know you had to pay $75 a month to park your car. I didn't have that kind of money. And so I went through the streets on the side of Brown University. If you know Brown University, that is a prestigious uppity-up college. That's not where I went. <laughs> I'm just telling you, that's where I was. <laughs> and they... I was looking, I said, God, I'm learning as a young man. I'm trying to learn how to listen to God and walk and have the Lord help me. I said, Lord, I, I need someplace to put this car. They have all these signs along the street. If you, if you park it here, it'll be told this is a snow zone. You know, you, you can't park in the street. And I'm, what am I going to do? And, and there was this huge mansion, just one of many in that street. It was a wealthy part of town. I, I said, Lord, I'm going to go and I'm going to knock. And I'm going to ask them if, if they will just let me park my car there tonight until I figure out what to do. And so I went there and I was truly one of those huge knockers. Boom! Boom! Right? Big old huge thick doors. And, the, and this guy came that was your perfect professor. He, he was a professor at, at Brown. And so, you know, a bum and he's and he's this great professor i said sir i said i i just got here and i told him the situation and he said i need a young man to help me he said you can park your car here all the time you're in college he said and i'm, I'm going to have you do some work for me i said it's a deal <laughs> it's a deal and god opened the door that we could talk to them about the gospel there's a, there a store, a Texas station, just a, a little while from where I was living later on the second year. And and, um, and it was when all those gas prices hit, and, and there were lines a mile long to get gas in, in New England. And, and I had this girlfriend in Buffalo, New York. I had to get there. And, and somehow I connected with the son of the Texaco owner, and he started going to church with me. And that was not easy because he was... It's truly died in a wool Catholic. And, and uh, all these things were going on, and his wife uh, resisted it. And unfortunately, I can't give you a good story at the end of it, but, but he, he, he wanted to obey God. But they, they just said, Kevin, pull your car in the, in the, in the, in the auto you know, maintenance area. And I did, and, and they brought tanks of gas and filled my car with gas ahead of all those lines. And they gave me a couple five-gallon cans for my car so I could make it all the way to Buffalo, New York, nine hours away. <laughs> and I'm just telling you, God, you say, well, how is that gospel? It's gospel because I am one of his now. I, I was a Samaritan. I was worthless. I had no value. I had no, I had, I had no worth. Amen. But oh, when I saw a good thing, I said, I'm going all the way. I, I want all that God has. Because I don't want to just feel good today. I want to know that tomorrow when I wake up, the Lord is with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I will walk with him. Hallelujah. I will fear no evil. Amen. I don't know what you need in your life. That's a very simple message, I know. But I want you to know today, this is what God does. He fills we normal people with the Holy Ghost. 
so that we can start having things happen in our lives that we never thought was possible. He wants to start doing things for you. Amen. Don't worry about the things that are wrong in your life. Start worrying about the things that God says are right for you. And pursue Him. Pursue Him. Pursue Him. Amen. This altar I'm going to open. What does God want to do for you today? Well, with your thinking correctly, saying, I want to go all that God has, then come down and open your heart to Him. Do you know what Brother John did today? He told us about closing our eyes, lifting our chin. This actually is what we did in Children's Church. Um, and I, I was kind of the Sunday school director for Oklahoma for eight years. And this is what we did when we had these big crusades with a bunch of kids there. Close your eyes so you're not worried about what your neighbor's doing. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not Bible that you have to have your eyes closed to get the Holy Ghost. We just do that because it helps people to focus on what they're doing. Lift up your chin because we don't want them to hide from God. I'm no good. I'm nobody. God, God will never do it for me. That's not right thinking. So we, we tell them, lift your chin, face heaven, start looking up, expecting for what the Lord wants to do. If I have a $100 bill in my hand today, I mean, who in this room wouldn't say, I'm willing to receive it? And if I'm any kind of a man of integrity, by the way, I don't have one in my hand, but, but if I was, if I did, I, I would be willing that I, I better be ready to give it to you when you come willingly, ready to, you can say, oh, I believe he's got it in his hand, but I don't think he'll give it to me. Well, then you're never going to get it in your hand. You've got you've to reach out and take it. That's what, we, that's what God wants us to do in receiving all of his blessings in our life. Just don't be afraid. Don't worry, no one's going to judge you. If they do, anybody could chew up us because we all, we all are human. And God brought us here today to show you that you can have your mind on the greatest thing in all the world in your life. And don't let anything get in the way, but pursue him. Amen. Let's sing the song right now. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible said, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible said. Anybody need to be baptized? I've actually got warm water. I've got a robe. So you don't have to get your clothes all wet. If you're willing. And we can baptize you in Jesus' name. No pressure. If you don't want to, you don't have to. I just want someone who's got the Holy Ghost talk to them. Maybe today's their day. Maybe they want the Holy Ghost today. I can't Down give it to you. I don't have any special power. Just like but God said, if you'll take it out of my hand, I'll do it for you. Amen. What do we gather in today? Why don't we gather up here right now?
you've got to wonder what possibly could there be in this thing about speaking with other tongues is that that a fair question come on it's not something they do on the news right a lot of churches say you don't have to beyond a shadow of a doubt I think I can prove them that that's not correct thinking But, 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 but what does God want to do well the Bible said in James that that old tongue in your mouth is the, is the worst member of your whole body. Worst meaning it is the hardest head. It is the most obstinate. I get up there at the altar and I'll say, Lord, ain't no one going to take my tongue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell God what I want him to know. Well, as long as I do that, I'm not yielding that to God. But the Bible said that the tongue is the last member the last part of you that you yield to God when God is filling you with the Holy Ghost. Now, God is in this place. There's no doubt about it. And, and what you need to realize today is he wants you to have it. So all we're dealing, Brother Green, I think, mentioned today an awesome thought. He said he was kind of obstinate. He was kind of hard-headed. He wasn't willing to yield. He didn't have to go into the night. That's not, that's not there's no timeline on when you get the Holy Ghost. It simply is a matter of coming to that last place where you're ready to say, yes, Lord, anything. <laughs> and so we do that simple trick with the kids. Close your eyes, lift your head, raise your hands. All that is to get your focus on God and not anybody around you. And then the last thing is, number four, is just begin to praise him. And if anything funky, funny sounds like coming out of your mouth, slurred questions, you ought to realize right now that you don't worry about that. No one's going to judge you by that. And the Bible said that God is going to take, and, and that last ruling really member, we yield to him, and all of a sudden we're, we're speaking in a tongue that you're not supposed to judge. You're supposed to just realize that's God working in your life. Don't be afraid of it. Don't be afraid of it. God, God's got to do that because otherwise I'll, I'll come to things in my life that are important and I'll say, God, I think I'll handle this just like I did my tongue. I don't need your help. And that's not going to help us. What we need to learn today, right as we receive the Holy Ghost, we need to learn how to say, God, I'm yours. It's all you. Amen. So I want our musicians to start again. And, and no one's going to pressure you. You want to pray? Great. If you don't want to pray, that's okay. You want to just lift your hands and praise Him? That's fine. Don't, I don't want you to feel like anybody's putting a gun to your head. You just love the Lord. But, but get your mind on the Lord today. Begin to praise Him right now. Begin to worship Him. Amen. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid today. Praise God. What was that song we were singing, or the first song today? I've got the Holy Ghost. Oh, God. Is it okay? 
Hallelujah. Let's just reach out to him right now. Oh, yes. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. None like you, Lord. Into the darkness. Oh, God is here to do a work for you today. Hallelujah. That's it. Just reach out to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Our God. Lord, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power. Our God. Our God. This is a potluck before the potluck today. Just receive what you want from the Lord. Just reach out to him for just a few moments. I won't keep you long. I, I'm not here to beat you up. I want you to know you heard the word. You responded with your heart. You said yes to the Lord today. Amen. Every step you take is good. Every step is healthy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You need healing. You need deliverance from sins that are holding you down. You need help to overcome things that are bothering you. That's all right. That's what the Lord is here for. In the day that you seek for me with your whole heart, the Bible says, you will find me. Amen. Out of the ashes you rise. Hallelujah. No one like you, you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I pray Not like you. It's greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. You can leave so much Our behind God today. By just saying yes to God. Thank you, Jesus.
Praise God. This is a story that continues in your life. How far you've come today is commendable. What God is doing in your life is exciting. Don't fear timing. Just trust him and keep. Paul said that, that I could know the height and the breadth and the depth of, of all that God has for me. That's what I want. I believe that's what the Lord wants in your life today. God richly bless you. I'm going to ask Brother Stevens to pray for the food so that we don't have to wait. Uh, we'll go over next door for our, our lunch. And, and thank you for being here. Please come over and join us and have a great time of fellowship. Amen. And uh, guys, if we need more chairs, there's more in, the, in what we know as the women's prayer room if we have to come get more, okay? Um, and we'll just make that happen. But I'm so thankful that you're here. And I am... I know God's word is powerful. The Bible said it will not return again void. Work with him. Ask him to show you more and more. Amen. If we can tell you something in the, or the phone, if you have a question, call anytime. And we want God to do incredible things in your life. We are excited for you. Amen. God bless you. Brother Stevens, would you pray? Thank you, Jesus, for your great love that you have poured out today among your body and among your church. I am asking you to bless this fellowship, the food, and each and every one. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Just make your way over next door. Let's have a great time.